How do our habits affect our jujitsu? Welcome to Beauty and the Gee, the podcast about jujitsu and so much more. I'm Jen Eads, a blue belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Clearman, a Brazilian jujitsu brown belt obsessed with jujitsu. In today's episode, we are talking about Atomic Habits by James Clear. Because we've mentioned it, this book, in enough episodes that we just finally decided to do an episode dedicated to the book and where we can apply some of these practices on and off the mat. So the premise of this book, and I got this from Amazon in my podcast (laughs) research, uh, is that no matter your goals, Atomic Habits offers a proven framework for improving every day. James Clear, one of the world's leading experts on habit formation, reveals practical strategies that will teach you exactly how to form good habits, break bad ones, and master the tiny behaviors that lead to remarkable results. So my first question to you is, do you feel like the book lives up to this premise? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's helpful in that. And like, honestly, one of the best parts about us doing this episode is it forced me to read the book. <laughs> like I had started it, you know, read a chapter here or there. Um, but it was like, okay, now I've got to really get this done. Full disclosure, I did not finish reading the book, but I found it um, available online. And so I listened to it instead. But it was also good, like, instead of like skipping ahead to the chapter I'd left off on reading, I listened to those chapters again. So it was good to like, you know, get it all in my brain again. So I liked it a lot. And you said you found it on a podcast, right? In Apple? Yeah, like Apple podcasts. I just looked up Atomic Habits because I was thinking I'd listen to other podcasts talking about it, which I never did. Uh, (laughs) But I thought like, that's a good way. I'll just listen to other podcasts that talk about it. And instead, I found the entire book by James Clear on there. And I think you're going to put that link in the show notes. Is that correct? Of course, I'm going to put that link in the show notes. Are you kidding? That's my job. So amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think the way that I heard about the book was that I heard him on a podcast. I'm positive the way I heard about the book is from you talking about it. (laughs) Probably so. (laughs) And what I like about this just kind of a quick backstory on James Clear and and why he wrote this. So he learned about habits during college, and it started with something really simple, just keeping his room neat and tidy. And this gave him a sense of control because during high school, I think maybe his sophomore year, he was playing baseball and got hit in the face with a baseball bat and then got placed into a coma And he came back, luckily, um, but he didn't make the varsity baseball team his junior year of high school and then only played 11 innings his senior year. But six years later, he was selected as a top male athlete at Denison University and named to the ESPN Academic All-America team. And even though he never ended up playing baseball professionally, looking back, he believes that he accomplished something just as rare, and that was fulfilling his potential. So I think... Regardless of why anyone does jujitsu, I feel like we all want to fulfill our potential on and off the mat, or at least I do. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about anybody else, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And just the like amount that he came back just by making these like small changes. And I really liked the story he was telling about um, the cyclist team and, you know, just how they were just making the tiniest little changes and how, you know, like that made a huge difference. Yeah. And that is called 
the aggregation of marginal gains. <laughs> Is that like the 1% better every day kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. So the story that he tells is that the British cycling team hired this guy, Dave Brailsford, in 2003 because up until that point, like their performance in cycling for more than 100 years had been dismal. And it was so bad that one of the top bike manufacturers in Europe didn't even want to sell that team bikes because they thought it would hurt their sales if other professional teams saw them using their gear. Um, so like, I don't want to get an email from Fuji that says, hey, Jen, we don't want to see you in our gear on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm motivated. Like you're giving us a bad name. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's that's bad if the bike people don't want you riding their bikes. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, jujitsu is not that intense. Like, right. <laughs> you know, you can't really give a gi a bad name or anything like that. It's not that deep. <laughs> oh, that's a huge relief. <laughs> so Brailsford had this commitment to this strategy of the aggregation of marginal gains, which is a philosophy of searching for a tiny margin of improvement in everything that you do. If we break down everything that we do with jujitsu and then improved it all by just 1%, can you imagine? Like, that would be yeah. major improvements over the course of a year. Yeah, definitely. I think even like one little tiny thing I, that comes to mind is like when I'm prepping for a tournament, I only wear the cut of the gi I'm going to compete in. Oh, so, that's interesting. Like, if, I, if I'm going to compete in a Fuji Sakai, I'll only wear my Sakai's leading up to the tournament because I want to feel the way that gi feels on me um, when I'm training. And I don't want to wear one that's a different cut or a little bigger or a little smaller or anything like that. But I think that's just like one of those things that's like, it just, it does. It helps me be just a little bit better because I know how to react in that gi. Oh, I never would have even thought about that. <laughs> a weird thing but it's true it just puts me in that mindset it also is just like it feels more like putting on the uniform you know like it's so it right. feels a little bit more like that kind of trigger yeah oh that totally makes sense I was even thinking about like what if my grips got one percent better or my shrimping got one percent better just over the course yeah. I would be so much better coach Makarski talks about like what made him better at purple belt level was just shrimping for ever. <laughs> like he was like, all I did was practice shrimps and it just made my jujitsu so much better. And that was a purple belt, you know, when most people don't do warmups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Uh, make sure that I am shrimping <laughs> when we get back to class on Tuesday. What was something else that you got out of it? So I really like the concept of like, if this, then this, um, I feel like we use that with our game plans, right? Like oh, yeah. if I'm designing my game plan for a tournament and this is my takedown, but everybody keeps reacting this, you know, one way that I didn't expect, well, then I need to know like what I do against that. Um, and then I start trying to do that. And then if that doesn't work or if they start reacting a different way off of that, then I need to switch this. And so like drilling my game plan over and over will help me figure out that kind of like, if this, then this. When I heard him talking about that, I was like, that definitely feels like it resonates with jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Well, and something that really helped me this week is just you having us do that drill, do every submission, you know, from this position and then change it and then switch. And yeah, that was just, I don't know. I feel like that's one of those little things that made 
a huge difference this week. Yeah. I've had multiple students come up to me and say that it made a big difference enrolling later. Cause like we've been warming up with that. Like uh, just do every submission, you know, for three minutes. And if you know one single arm bar, do that arm bar for three minutes, you know, like just keep moving, get in the reps. But people have come up afterwards and, and said, you know, like I haven't been attacking during rolling because I just get frozen. I can't remember what I know. And doing that drill at the beginning of class made me remember that, oh, I do know submissions from guard. I do know submissions from mount. So that's good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. What else did you get? Um, I really liked the idea of like identifying as something like I'm not like I'm trying to get in better shape, but I'm the kind of person that goes to the gym, mm-hmm. something like that, like identifying as that type of person. I think that's very important. Um, and I think about like when I had my blue belt, I was a blue belt for four and a half years and I didn't think about the fact that like I wanted my purple belt. <laughs> I, I wasn't like, I want my purple belt. I just wanted to be the person that was good enough to be a purple belt. Yeah. So, you know, I just kept saying like, I want to, I want to be worthy of it. I want to identify as somebody who like should be a purple belt, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, so it wasn't that I was like, you know, I should have my purple, you know, whatever. It was just like, I wanted to identify as somebody good enough to be one. I've kind of gone through it this week of kind of sitting on the fence about competing at the end of the month. Like I said, Mm -hmm. I was going to do it. And then I was like, why would I do that? And now I'm kind of back into, so I registered today, so it's, it's going to happen. But one of the things as I was reviewing my notes this morning from the book, one of the things that really popped out was when he's talking about, you know, being like those people, like emulating that behavior And even though I don't necessarily consider myself like a competitor, like I'm not super competitive, but I do consider myself somebody that wants to try to reach my fullest potential. And I know that competing will make me do that because I'll show up to class. I'll take better notes. I'm going to have a more solid game plan. I'm going to do all of those things that people that max out their potential do. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, like identity can get you in trouble sometimes too. Like, um, I do identify as a competitor, um, which then makes me, makes me as a strong sentence, but, uh, you know, but it, it makes me compete when I shouldn't necessarily. Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes you have to be careful of that identity too, is, you know, like, so instead I need to identify as somebody who makes good decisions and (laughs) um, (laughs) competes when her body is, you know, good for competing. (laughs) Something else. So he gave this example in the book about somebody that was quitting smoking and somebody offered them a cigarette. And one person's response was, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit. The other person's response was, no, I'm not a smoker. And I was like, oh, what a huge shift in mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just something, something else that jumped out. Also talking about like the two minutes. So he was talking about like two minutes to start a habit or like a small habit. So um, basically it's the type of thing where like he gets home from work and he changes into his workout clothes. If he does that, he knows he's going to work out. Or, you know, if he laces up his running shoes, he knows he's going to go for a run. So, like, what are the just little things that you can start that, like, kick off a habit? And, you know, like, one of those things might just be packing your gym bag the night before. So that in the morning, you're not like, oh, what key am I going to wear? You know, like, that kind of stuff. 
when it's already planned, but it takes like two minutes. And you know, if you have your gym bag packed, you're going to go to the gym the next day. Right. So yeah, that's very helpful. I kind of, I feel like sometimes I just have to trick myself into the behaviors. Yeah. 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 He was talking about people that like sleep in their workout clothes. So they'll get up and work out in the morning. (laughs) Oh, that is a level of dedication that I have not reached (laughs) Right? Yeah. No. Thinking about the packing your bag too, like I liked the idea of the pointing and calling. So he was talking about like the public transportation in Japan and how like they have the best public transportation, so safe and everything. But because every one of them like do a point and call where they're like, as they go through a signal, they point at the signal and they are like, that signal's green. You know, like they, you know, they're pointing out things. And I think about that, like when I teach people how to ref, like mm-hmm. I like to teach the kids to ref because it's good for them to be able to identify that. But then they're pointing and they're like, Jen, four points, mount. You know, like, so they're yeah. getting like how many points it is. What's the position? Who is it? Um, the little things like that, like that pointing and calling, I think can really help. And it can go along with packing your bag. Like I've got my gi, I've got my rash guard, I've got my belt, I've got my notebook, I've got my water bottle, whatever. Oh yeah, because I can't tell you how many times I've gotten to class and forgotten something. Oh, it's always my belt. <laughs> always <laughs> my belt. I've got like 20 geese. So it's easy. To pack. Yeah, I don't know, but it's always my belt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have three belts. It should be enough that, you know, wash and wear, but I still forget a belt on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, no. Not anymore, because now you're going to call it out. Yes, exactly. I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> Something else that he talked about was the Valley of Disappointment. And I, I can see this so much in jujitsu because I feel like I've lived it. But he talks about like how when you expect to make progress in a linear fashion and you, you get really frustrated because you aren't seeing the progress. And he says that this is actually part of the process because the most powerful outcomes are delayed. And that's why so many people just give up on good habits. But I've seen it like sometimes, you know, all of a sudden I hit something when we're rolling and I'm like, oh, that never happened before, (laughs) even though I've drilled it hundreds of times. Yeah. But it's like I never hit it. I can never hit it. And then just like magically, all of a sudden one day it happens. That's awesome. Clear also talks a lot about focusing on your trajectory rather than your current results because your results are actually a lagging measure of your habits. And to me, that feels super hopeful. Like, I'm not going to necessarily stay stuck here. And I think for me, part of that focusing on the trajectory is that he talks about focusing on systems instead of goals, because the goals are about the results, but the systems are actually about the processes that lead to those results. And I feel like if I can think about jujitsu in terms of systems, like my my systems for my game plan and taking notes and, you know, working on the, working on mastering the areas where I'm struggling and, you know, like what I'm eating, things like that, just having systems in place to help me be better at those things. Those are the things that I can actually control rather than getting attached to results. I thought it was interesting. He was talking about like, typically bad habits give you like a good hit now, but later down the road cause problems. And Good habits might be difficult to do now, but later down the road are, you know, create good things. So I thought that was really interesting that it's like, it might be hard to choose, you know, 
something healthier <laughs> instead of just eating cake for dinner. That's what I'd like to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Or, you know, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to like get up and work out or whatever that looks like, but the results down the road are better. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It's all about being able to delay that gratification. At least for mm-hmm. me, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Something else that he said that really stuck out to me is that your commitment to the process will determine your progress. That just makes me feel a little better. Yeah. That also makes me think like he was talking about like um, using a habit tracker. Yes. So whether that's journaling or, you know, marking it in your calendar or there's like different sheets that's like don't break the chain kind of thing and you can check off on that. Um, But it kind of goes back to that like measure what matters. He also says that you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Yeah. I was like, oh, that kicked me right in the gut. <laughs> right at me next time. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I wanted to mention was like habit stacking. So, you know, maybe that's listening to your favorite podcast on the way to the gym. That could be us. I don't know. Oh, totally. uh, <laughs> or, you know, maybe it's that, you know, you're eating something healthy before you go train because you feel better afterwards or that it's you do a good amount of stretching after class or whatever that is, but like stacking your habits. And just as a a side recommendation, um, I really like the happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin and in episode 360, which is a recent episode, she's talking about um, habit stacking and different ways to like create better habits. So highly recommend. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. (laughs) One of the things that I actually started stacking because I have been terrible lately at drinking water. Mm-hmm. So one of my habits is I put my giant Tervis tumbler next to the coffee maker so that I can't even touch coffee until I've had a bunch of water already. And then, you know, if I go back to get a refill, then, oh, there's my water. I better be drinking some more of that. And it is, I don't know that I've necessarily hit like three full giant glasses every day, but I've come much closer than I have in like the last year. And just making that one little change has significantly improved my water consumption. Yeah. Another thing, like um, I recommended this to a client, I think like a month ago, he was just really having a hard time taking his vitamins. He was just like, I just don't remember. And so we just talked about like a night before you go to bed, like put them all on top of your coffee cup so that when you go to get a cup of coffee in the morning, all your vitamins are right there and you can just take them and you know, like it's not that hard. So it's really helped him. He said it's worked. So just a little something to like help you remember. Oh, that's brilliant. I should do that too, because I have, I don't always remember those either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look, it's all the little things. It is. It really is. That's why they're little atomic habits. Exactly. One of my favorite sections in the book was when he talked about the law of least effort and those things that we can do to reduce friction. So think about what's getting in your way of developing those practices that you want and then look for those friction points and remove them. Part of that's your environment. Um, Another part of that can also be the people that you're hanging out with. I know that when I get around certain people still, certain behaviors are triggered and they might not always (laughs) be the best behaviors for me. Was it this book 
or another podcast I've listened to recently. <laughs> I'm not sure, but maybe you can help me. Um, where he was talking about heroin and uh, soldiers in Vietnam. Basically, you know, like so many of these soldiers were addicted to heroin. And when they came home, they actually had like a 90% like rehab rate. Like they weren't falling back off and getting back on a heroin because they weren't in the same environment oh. where, you know, a lot of people that like go into a rehab to try to kick heroin when they come back home, they still have those same triggers. Mm -hmm. So they're still around the same people and they're still, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I thought that was really interesting. Like that's, you know, kind of what you were talking about. There's just, if you don't get out of that, that really triggers those types of things. I kind of feel like what you said too about like the habit stacking and all of that goes back into and packing your bag the night before and just all of those little things really feed into that idea of reducing friction because the easier something is for me to do, then I'm much more likely to actually do it then. And then accountability partners. Yes. Accountability partners are great. And that, you know, like help be accountability partners for other people at your gym. You know, like if you haven't seen somebody in a week, hit them up, see if they're okay. See where they've been. Like that goes a long way. That's a trigger too. Like if I get a text or something, if somebody's like, yeah. hey, where where have you been? Um, <laughs> that's going to probably get me back <laughs> yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Hopefully. Kind of tying back into those triggers, too, is he talks about culture. So join a culture, maybe a school or gym, where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. And then surround yourself with those people that have the habits that you want to develop. Because he says that a shared identity begins to reinforce your personal identity. Yeah, I love that. And then you get an accountability partner. Right. <laughs> so one other thing I liked that he was talking about is like, what's one thing you did, just one thing that created a different result? Um, like maybe getting a dog, making your life happier. <laughs> or maybe it's, you know, like working with a financial advisor to like get your finances in order, or maybe it's signing up at a jujitsu school and now you, you know, are living a healthier life and have friends and all that kind of stuff. So what is just like one action that you took that changed your life in some way? Ooh, I, I'd like that to be like our, I don't know, off the mat tip is like, come up with that, come up with something that you can just say, you know what, I'm glad I did this one thing because that one thing changed my life in this direction. And then post about it on Instagram and tag us. Absolutely. Or if you don't want to do that, just send us a DM and let us know because we would love to hear that. We would love to hear about it. And then finally, he talks about how your personality influences your habits, which brought me a little bit of joy since we did two whole episodes on personality and jujitsu and the Enneagram and all of that stuff. So if you have not heard those two episodes about personality and jujitsu, I'll have links to those in the show notes. And I definitely recommend that you check those out. One of the things that he says is that a good player works hard to win the game everyone else is playing. A great player creates a new game that favors their strengths and avoids their weaknesses. How much does that influence your game plan? Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, like I wouldn't put shots in my game plan right now because I can't bend my foot. You know, like it's just one of those things. Like it's a very small thing, but like it does influence my game plan. Oh, yeah. Well, and he also talks about just being able to stay focused even when you're bored when working on your goal. 
That's tough. Yeah. There it is with all uh, the drills. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's when, um, when you don't have to have motivation because you have discipline. That was the word I was looking for. (laughs) That's that discipline instead of motivation. How do you get to that point? I think you just have to choose it. I really do. I don't think that it's something that like magically comes. I think you just have to choose discipline. That makes sense. And then the thing about that is that that makes you do things even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, makes you train on days where you would rather not or, you know, makes you drink more water when all you really want is coffee or, you know, like it's it's that discipline that really takes over because I don't have motivation to drink water, even if I feel crappy for not drinking it. It's not enough of a motivation. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to be disciplined to drink. I think my motivation is that I just don't want my legs to cramp up. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big motivator for me. (laughs) That is a good one. Very good. (laughs) And since I've been doing better on my water intake, I haven't had it as much. That's awesome. Well, and that's another thing is we talk about like people do things for pain or pleasure. Yeah, true. So, you know, you're not drinking water for the pleasure of like you enjoy drinking water. I do like drinking water, but I like drinking other things more. (laughs) Um, But uh, you're doing it to avoid the pain. Yeah. Now we know what motivates me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Something else that really jumped out at me is that he said habits plus deliberate practice equals mastery. I was like, oh, so that's the secret to all of it, isn't it? (laughs) just all of those millions of little things then you know all of those little one percents yep coming together now we've figured it all out (laughs) (laughs) now we just have to implement (laughs) exactly that'll be a piece of cake i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) something i would love to know from our audience is like is this something that you enjoyed for us to like dive into a book like this like would you enjoy um a Another book, um, you know, maybe once a quarter or something that we're talking about how that book uh, relates to jujitsu or if it's a jujitsu book in general. Like if you have any suggestions for books that you would like for us to kind of do a deep dive on, we'd love to hear them. I would, too. And then that would also motivate me to read more books. Yeah. (laughs) See, the culture of our audience and the accountability, it's all going to help us. (laughs) Exactly. And you want to identify as somebody who reads. Exactly. If I read 10 full books this year, I'm going to be pleased. (laughs) That's a solid number. I have this really bad bad habit that I need to change of, you know, hearing about a book on a podcast and then I go download it and then I never actually finish it or I'll start it but maybe not finish it because then I'll hear about another book on another podcast. Actually, speaking of like uh, habit stacking, this is what I've been doing lately is I'll do like a face mask for 20 minutes and read during those 20 minutes or I'll soak for 20 minutes and read during those 20 minutes. So I'm like trying to do some self-care along with reading and kind of stack it that way, which has been helpful for me. Oh, that's such a good idea. Thanks. It's been helpful. AJ, remind us what the off the mat tip was. So the off the mat tip is what's the one thing you did to create a different result? So to kind of create a different life. Uh, Maybe that's adopting a dog or signing up for jujitsu or whatever. We just want to hear like, what's the one thing you did that created a different life for you? What do you have for on the mat? Work on your if this, then this. Work on, you know, like 
if this is your takedown, how are they reacting? Or if this is your guard pull, how are they reacting? What can I do differently? How are they reacting to that? Uh, but really dive deep into some portion of your game. I don't care what portion it is, but some portion of your game where you figure out your if this, then this. Okay, so mine for next week is going to be takedowns. Good, great. I got a plan, maybe, kind of, sort of. I will have a plan. I will have good. a plan of this. What is it? If this? If this, then this. Yes, that's my plan. Okay, for takedowns. Are there any role model updates we need to know about? Um, I don't think there are any updates. We have Costa Rica coming up in just a couple weeks, so we're super excited about that. No, as far as like updates for actual role model camp go, no real updates right now. But if anybody is interested in being a kids coach or running one of the roundtables or a workshop, anything like that, we would love for them to apply on our website for one of those positions. Or if you want to put up a booth, if you have a company and you'd like to have a booth, um, please get in contact with me for that. Okay. And how can they do that? Well, they can uh, find me, AJ Klingerman, everywhere you go, except TikTok where I'm role model, but I'm also role model everywhere you go. So you can <laughs> find me. <laughs> and I'm on Instagram and occasionally TikTok and Twitter at Brassy Broad Jen. And you can find us together on Instagram at Beauty and the Gee Podcast. And we have a Beauty and the Gee Facebook group and a Beauty and the Gee Facebook page. So like that, join the Facebook group and make sure that you message us or post and tag us with your off the mat homework for this week. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. That's kind of how we you know, grow our audience and our Beauty and the Geek game. Yes. Yes, it is. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you on, on the, mat. the mat. Beauty and the Gee is a production of the Brassy Broadcasting Company. And brought to you by Role Model Grappling.